Okay, so let's make a ranking of which directors that are not in jail most <laughs> deserve to be in jail. Um, so do we put Polanski at number one? Yeah, Polanski's number one. Okay. And I think I think John Landis is number two. Uh, I had never thought about this. I think Landis skyrockets to the top. Right. He killed two... <laughs> Immigrant children <laughs> and the star of and the star of the movie he was directing. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe he does deserve to go in over Polanski. <laughs> is there a third person? I mean, Woody Allen is is he number yeah, he's, three? He's he's definitely up there. Oh, uh, uh, Brian Singer. Oh, there's well, a good one. <laughs> uh, by the time this airs, maybe that changes. Another episode of a free podcast. I'm your co-host Robin, joined as always my good friends Joe and Duff. Good day. Hello. We are continuing our uh, our second season on fears and phobias, and tonight we're talking about Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet, the Twilight Zone episode, and we're also kind of talking about the Twilight Zone movie that happened in like 1983 or whatever that had a remake as part of it. Yes. Of that. But if you just wanted the bare minimum, you could just jump on to uh to Amazon Prime 22 minute like 25 minute episode season 5 episode 3 Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. You can watch that and you'd be good to go. The big thing is we're also going to compare that to the movie. Let's just jump right in, shall we, to uh, to this episode of The Twilight Zone. I'm going to be honest, stuff. I, before this, have very little um, exposure to The Twilight Zone. I bet you have absorbed through pop culture at least 10 different Twilight Zone episodes. Sure. I love The Twilight Zone. I'm a big fan of anthology, horror, or sci-fi in general. I think Twilight Zone is easily one of the top 10 shows ever uh yeah. depending on the day i might say number one i don't know wow, wow. so so, so uh, bold, bold statement i know but uh, uh yeah uh, well the stuff we're talking about today the fear of phobia why we're even talking about this if you haven't figured it out it's called nightmare at twenty thousand feet is essentially the fear of flying aviophobia yes uh one thing i'll say because like i said not super knowledgeable on twilight zone I started watching this, and then uh, after I watched the show, I kind of, like, you know, dug into it a little bit. I didn't know it was 1963. Yep. Yeah, this Richard was... I, th- I think this was the last season, but, um, yeah. Uh, that's a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Uh, yes, Joe, I'm glad you mentioned it. Richard Donner. I geeked out when I saw Richard Donner directed this. Uh, AFP listeners will know him from The Omen. Uh, I mean from a lot of things but old old dick donner has any podcast uh referenced richard donner as much as ours <laughs> i don't know <laughs> all right so let's let's jump into like a quick recap of what happens during this episode uh we have william shatner which i'm going to admit i didn't realize it was william shatner till the credits rolled <laughs> that's that's it, which is impressive uh <laughs> this a, is, a, i feel like <laughs> this I'm is just a showing how little i Are know you kidding so far. me i'm absolutely serious all i know William Shatner from is I've watched the first Star Trek movie, which was terrible. And law firm commercials. And the law firm commercials. That's my Shatner knowledge. Hupi and Abraham. 
Every listener yes. uh, has a law firm in their area that William Shatner <laughs> did a commercial for. I'm sure. Yep. Uh, so that's, uh, that's it. That's my Shatner knowledge. And this is this is a pre-Trek Shatner. Yeah. So uh, probably three years or so. I don't know. Uh, so he's he plays uh, he plays a guy who's on the plane. He's very he's uh, he's nervous about flying, and we kind of learn through him talking to his wife that he had had a nervous breakdown about six months before, happened to be on a plane as well, and uh, he's on the plane. The plane takes off. He's sort of nervous. He's sort of talking through it, and then his wife kind of uh, falls asleep, and he looks out the window. <laughs> And he's like on the wing, and he looks at the window, and on the wing is this like, teddy, teddy bear. <laughs> yeah, this large, hand sized teddy, teddy bear. Uh, is malfunctioning on the yes. wing. Uh, this is a prequel to Paddington. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I seem to have found a wing. Oh, look at the marmalade. Uh, he's just he's pouring marmalade into the engine. I was watching this with my wife last night. My wife last night. And she said that it looks like that guy in The Shining who's giving a PJ. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Shatner looks out the window and he just looks up from the guy's lap in the doorway. Excuse just me. Just marmalade all over his mouth. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he sees, he sees this, this, uh, this monster on the wing. And uh, he, you know, sort of freaks out about it. Uh, I just want to point out, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe he shouldn't have had a window seat, considering all he was going through. I don't know. Really an- inconsiderate of his wife. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's an aisle guy on the plane. <laughs> Is there like a seat for people that have this uh, anxiety and fear? Is there a seat that is? Um- <laughs> They put like him with the dogs down below. <laughs> like, I don't know what them. it would be. They just, like, sit them facing everyone? Like, I, I don't know. No, just, like, is the aisle seat, like... I would think an aisle seat Or the window better. seat? Yeah. Obviously not the middle seat, I guess, but... I don't know. I wonder if there's a seat that, that lessens that anxiety. The freak-out seat? It, it, I would think it wouldn't be a window seat, but... Um, but I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I've had, like... There was a few years of my life where I sort of had more anxiety about flying than I did before or after, and I would prefer to be not by the window. I don't care anymore, but, the, you know, so I, I don't see, know. See, I, I, I want to be by the window, because if it goes down, I want to see which chain restaurant we crash into. <laughs> <laughs> like, am I going to die in an Applebee's or, or a Texas Roadhouse? I want to know. <laughs> Texas Roadhouse. It's like, uh, that's probably, like, the, of any co- other than a house, it's probably the most likely kind of building that you'd crash into, right? You're like it's uh, the most common one. You're like Major Kong and Doctor Strange love riding the atom bomb to, uh, to blow <laughs> I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. <laughs> to, to blow up a Bob Evans or something like that. <laughs> Bob Evans. Uh, so he's freaking out, obviously, about this gremlin, and he's sort of telling people no one, no one really believes him. Uh, then he eventually, like the the stewardess is involved, his wife's involved. Now the pilot is involved, and the pilot is just sort of like trying to just like calm him down, and is like, "Oh yeah, of course, there's a gremlin on the plane." And, <laughs> and so this, I think that this film is also a uh, a film about the fear of being gaslit. Oh, okay. okay. I w- Can you explain that- gaslighting for people who might not oh, know? Oh yeah, good call. Uh, I mean, it's just when you are saying something that's plainly true and people pretend that it isn't, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you're someone just kind of sociopathically lies so bad, like so blatantly that you start to question your own sanity. Yes, <laughs> yes that's, that's a better way of. T- okay, thank you. 
And so the pilot kind of like, oh, you know, it's fine. And at first, when I was watching, I'm like, what is, what's going on here? But we learned the pilot was just, you know, BSing placating him. him. Yeah, t- placating him. And they give they give Bob a sleeping pill. Uh, and Bob, William their Chandler's pills character. are going around like candy. Yeah. 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 Dude, is... the '60s through the '80s ruled, man. <laughs> <laughs> just like you could just get speed or downers wherever and whenever you, you wanted. Could, you could have a friggin' cigarette on the plane. <laughs> This is why probably when I grew up, I was worried when I was offered Altoids that they must have been some sort of pills, too. It's during that era. (laughs) No, I don't want those Altoids. Those are drugs. Um, So uh, Bob fakes taking the sleeping pill, and he's still seeing this gremlin. And this gremlin now is, like, breaking open the engine and wrecking havoc. And uh, it sort of escalates pretty quickly. Uh, Bob steals the gun from the... What do you call that guy who sits on the plane sometimes? Is the flight marshal? What is uh, that? Air marshal. Yeah. Air marshal. Uh, and he does politely ask his wife to get him a glass of water, so she gets up off the seat. He pops open the emergency exit to the door, gets <laughs> sucked out the window, shoots the gremlin, freaks out, and then we kind of hard cut to the end of the episode. Bob's being carted off the plane. He's on a stretcher. He's in a straitjacket. Everyone else is like, man, I can't believe he tried to kill himself. What's wrong with that guy? He's nuts. And then the money shot at the end, we see that the hatch is torn open on the wing. Oh. So I I have a question. Uh, Rob, you were unfamiliar with this episode, right? Yes. Did you think he was imagining it until you saw the last shot of the actual broken wing? Yes. Hmm. See, I was trying. I I was trying to think of this because through uh, my first exposure, to this was The Simpsons. Sorry, Rob. Yeah, but, me too. Um, so I can't remember a time where I kind of didn't know the crux of the story. But watching it, I'm like, it up until that last shot, you kind of have an unreliable narrator thing going on. Oh, for sure. So and it honestly, like, I just put that together yesterday. <laughs> I'd never okay. thought of that. Yeah, I actually thought the whole time he was just crazy uh, or panicking. Uh, and then, you know, at the end you see it and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Are there Paddingtons on our plane? <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Joe, you, you kind of always knew about this, so you knew that there was actually a gremlin? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I, 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 I like it just like Duff. I, I, my first exposure to it was from The Simpsons, and, and I I had seen the – the tv episode a while ago i think too but i hadn't seen the movie version of it till we agreed to do this okay now uh do either of you know like where does this episode rank in like the pantheon of twilight uh twilight it's gotta Zone be the most episodes. most famous one right uh it's or, one of the most yeah, it's famous. probably the most staying power in terms of like pop culture partly because of the simpsons but yeah uh i think it's definitely i would say in the top five known I guess it's not a personal fave for a couple of reasons. Uh, one of which is that most of the really great uh, Twilight Zone episodes have some type of social context. Mm-hmm. And this one is just kind of a, I, I think it's a fun episode, but there's really no moral. <laughs> Can I point out one thing that actually made me think he was, uh, he was unreliable? Yeah. Um, he didn't have a wedding ring on. Oh, I've never noticed that. Uh, and so I was like, like how you know, like how much of this is actually going on? 
uh, I, I kind of like, you know, kind of looking into it, wondering like, is this is this even his wife? Is just some woman sitting next to him that he's like yelling about? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> T- taking his uh, his wedding ring off when he's on trips is just a habit of his. Yeah. <laughs> because she's not the most helpful. She's just falling asleep all the time and like, you know, I, yeah. I, like I had a nervous breakdown six <laughs> months ago on a plane. Oh, really, honey? Wow. Okay. Well, I'm just going to take a little nap here. <laughs> I'm so bored. I, I, I was going to say something about she doesn't just take a nap. She takes a sleeping pill. That's and, true. Yeah. And now I I don't know if you guys have ever had sleeping pills like Ambien. I have not. No, I haven't either. They knock you the F out. And she is like... Oh, I'm up. Now I'm down again. Now I'm up. Now I'm down again. Um, Whenever I hear Ambien, I think of Amlin Entertainment, the Spielberg <laughs> company. And in my Isn't head, Ambien it's Ambien pill- Entertainment. <laughs> Isn't Ambien the pill that makes you racist? Or is that a oh. different one? I don't know. What? Is that a sort of pill that does that? That's the Roseanne thing. Oh, uh, that's right. Doesn't that seem oh. like it was like 30 years ago? It does. <laughs> uh, I, thought, I, thought, I thought you were talking about Spielberg. And I was like, no. I'm like, well, Temple of Doom's problematic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Ambien. This, yeah, I think that's, that's Roseanne. That's that's right. Her. Roseanne blamed her racism on Ambien. There, speaking of like uh, uh, substances, there is an early line in this episode that made me laugh. Where he's like, gets the cigarette, and she's like, "Honey, don't smoke that now. Wait until we are in the air." And I'm like, "Man, what a bananas time to like be on a plane." It's hacked to point out, but it is crazy to look back on air travel and how, uh, well, A, in some ways terrible it is, like people smoking on the plane. Like, uh, you could lay down, like, the long way in an aisle. Like, the, 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 or the, your, your, uh, foot room is, like, the size of a queen size bed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I, 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 like I said, it's hacked to point out, but still. Let's just kind of sum up, uh, how kind of like freewheeling airlines were in the 60s. Uh, Lots of leg room. Everything's yep. cushy. Uh, you could have guns. You could have yep. cigarettes. <laughs> and then you could just pass around. I don't know if those are ambient or quaaludes like they're Tic Tacs. <laughs> it's a pharmacy on the plane, but you don't need a prescription. Yeah. To, to be forced, this is before laptops. So what else are you going to do on a plane? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you just you just really have the newspaper. You, you either want to just pass out or you want to be on a cocaine rager. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Before we jump into the movie, I did end up doing a little research into uh, into Gremlins uh-huh. because obviously my familiarity with Gremlins would be the Joe Dante film. Uh, shout out to Mogwai Minute. Uh, that's what I think of when I think of Gremlins. Um, and they mentioned in, in even in Gremlins like the idea of where they came from. And so I don't know how familiar either of you are with like where the whole like Gremlins on a plane comes from. I do not have any idea. Nope. It's actually from the the 1920s. Uh, members of the Royal Air Force. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I rem- I, now I remember this. They would they would talk about gremlins. But yeah, they blamed that they blamed like airline or like malfunctions on that stuff, right? Yeah, they would. Like, so like a gremlin in there. Yep, gremlins. Gremlins a mess of planes. Like an example would be like, oh, Scotland sure is gremlin country. Uh, where you'd fly over and run into all sorts wow. of issues. Now, racist. Unbelievable. <laughs> and I don't really know, like, if they, like, what percentage of these people actually believe there were actually gremlins, and what percentage of them are just sort of, like, using it as a catch-all for, like, 
you know, issues that you would have. Would, um, you, would you rather have to deal with gremlins or the mailer demon? <laughs> the mailer <laughs> demon. <laughs> well, I've dealt with the mailer demon and survived, I, so I, I guess I guess that. That's that's the 21st century equivalent. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, so it was actually uh, Roald Dahl, who was a former member of the Royal Air Force. His first children's novel was called The Gremlins, and that's like what popularized the idea and sort of introduced like that gremlins term to people who are outside of aviation. Huh. Yeah, I didn't know that. So that's that's Gremlins. That's that's kind of like why it's called a Gremlin, um, and sort of you know why. Like I would think now, if you're like, oh, there's a Gremlin on a plane, you'd be like, I would think you would just think of Gremlins. So, is he uh, until you know that he's uh, actually seeing it? Do you think he's having uh, PTSD from a war? Oh, that's an interesting read. I mean that that would actually make sense. It happened on a you know he had a breakdown on a plane yeah um oh now now but maybe it's actually this is, there this... though so oh i see what you mean okay yeah at this yeah. point you would... so maybe maybe i know i said that it doesn't seem like this episode has much of a social message maybe, maybe it was it clearer back then yeah could be and this is like before we even had a term ptsd right right this was just shell shock yeah yeah so yeah that's that's the show i really enjoyed it uh, I, I, I'm definitely going to probably like look up a list of like, uh, you know, essential Twilight Zone episodes. I'll send you, it's probably going to overlap a lot, but I'll send you a list. Uh, I will say just for anyone listening, I think the best episode is, uh, the monsters are due on Maple Street. Okay. Yeah. Rod Serling. Awesome dude. Uh, basically trick the networks into letting them have social justice warrior half hour every week okay <laughs> by putting it in goofy bear costumes and any listeners let us know uh any twilight zone episodes you love i'm sure we'd love to either watch them or talk about it uh one thing i want to say before we move on this story um and twilight zone in general had a lot of the best writers of the day uh with the asterisk uh white male writers of the day sure but uh this episode and a lot of others were written by richard matheson who's pretty big deal by sci-fi standards sci-fi horror standards Uh, another dick yes (laughs) he most famously wrote uh i am legend the uh which has been adapted many times but the most recent one was that will smith movie yep yep yeah, it's a name I, I recognized like when I saw it as the writer, but I, I didn't I didn't know until I looked it up. What yeah, he had actually uh, done. Matheson was a big influence on Stephen King. I feel like this whole episode has been me saying all the things I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, how, how what how about we segue? What do you know about planes and plane stories? So I was out in Denver recently, I was getting on the plane and, you know, you kind of know, like I was in an in-between seat, like the middle seat. So I knew like, oh, you know, you're sort of counting the rows as you're walking up, <clears throat> kind of figuring out where you're going to sit. I'm always in the back of the plane because I'm cheap. <laughs> I'm walking and I, I see like a space where there's no one at. I'm like, oh, it must be where I'm at. It looks like about like where my seat would be at. And I'm sort of walking and I'm, I'm looking at it and there's this young woman who's sitting in the window seat, oddly enough. And she makes eye contact with me, and she goes, hey. <laughs> and I quickly start to panic in my head because I'm like, oh, my God, do I know this? Do I know her from something? And I'm, like, trying to search in my head 
if I know this person because it seemed like such a familiar hello. So I just did like an also familiar, like, oh, hey, you know, hey. Uh, and I sit down next to her and I'm like thinking like, I've never met this woman. There's no way. And uh, there's a bigger guy that's sitting in the aisle seat. And so he's got to get up and move for me to sit down next to him. So I kind of slide past him and I sit down, you know, and I kind of sigh because like I'm on a plane, you know, I'm here. We're finally boarded. And the guy in the aisle seat goes, I'm sure the last thing you want to do is sit next to a big old fat person. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, was it Kevin Smith? (laughs) (laughs) It was who's now lost a bunch of weight, believe it or not. Uh, Kevin Smith. His heart attacks him guy. and, and insists <laughs> on it. His heart uh, said, hey, what are you doing? Well, to be fair, a lot of people have heart attacks and make zero life changes. Um, yeah, that is true. So uh, I was like, oh, no, you know, it's just flying. I don't want to, you know, no one looks forward to it. And then the girl or woman next to me goes, or a really drunk girl. <laughs> and like as soon as she said it, I could just smell the whiskey. <laughs> And I was like, oh, um, okay, okay. And she's like, I get really nervous about flying. <laughs> and I just sat at the bar and drank a lot. And then our, this got really delayed. So I drank way more than I should have. And I'm like, okay, all right, well, uh, good luck. You know, it will be all right. And so then I put my headphones on and I'm like, you know, trying to calm down. The plane is like taxiing and she is visibly nervous, like William Shatner in this thing. (laughs) Like she's like moving her body around and she's tensing up. And then the plane starts to like, you know, go along like on the runway. And now she's like arching her back and like (laughs) rubbing her arms on her legs like crazy. So I actually feel bad at this point. So I'm like, oh, I'm I took my headphones off, and I actually think this is a very kind thing I did, guys. I said, would it help if I talked to you? <laughs> and, and she said it would. <laughs> no. <laughs> has, a, has a woman ever responded to a man in the affirmative? <laughs> Can I say that is the most on-brand thing that you think what will help is if you just jabber? <laughs> <laughs> So I go on there and I start talking to her, like, you know, ask her what trip she went did on. Did you tell and stuff. her about the podcast? <laughs> uh, I did. I did. Yeah, I absolutely <laughs> oh, did. God. That went on later on. This ends up being a pretty long, a long flight. Yeah, story, I mean, but... that's a couple hour flight from Denver. Yeah, so I start talking to her. As, as and, long as uh, the story is taking? The flight goes on. She just starts drinking more and more. Like, the, the attendant comes by. She gets, well, like, this full <laughs> drink. And she, like... Uh, pours. It's like a hard cider. She fills her the glass as, as high as the, the cup will go with with the cider, and then she just, without even setting it down, then just downs the rest of the can, <laughs> like in one drink. She, uh, the plane ran into a little bit of turbulence, so she starts freaking out again. And her drink is sitting there, and like it's splashing all over the place. So I like kind of nudge her to be like, "Excuse me, your drink is." is spilling and then she just grabbed it and drank the entire glass in one swig. <laughs> um, it's a pro move. <laughs> yes. Well, if they would have given her pills, I mean Yeah, like, that's it, true. It, like this is just an indictment of uh of airplane drug prohibition. Yeah. So, uh like I said this wasn't me dealing with it, but this girl was terrified. Uh we made it. It was all okay. 
Uh, quick aside to the story, the bigger guy next to me, he he was kind of quiet, and at one point she went up to use the bathroom, so we had to let her out, and it was just him and him and I, and then I got nervous. This is very on brand. I thought, oh my god, I've only been talking to like the woman and not the guy, and he's like, maybe he's an incel, <laughs> and now this I, is just going to feed now. into this is just going to feed into his idea uh, that a Chad is talking to a Stacy. So I, <laughs> this, I is, this is the most <laughs> egotistical thing I've ever. Heard. Yeah, this guy's probably so upset that I'm not talking to him, <laughs> yeah. oh my God. and that I'm so attractive. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was, so I was like, oh, uh, you know, we had to wait for her to get back anyway. So I was like, oh, are you coming? Going? Where are you going? And he tells me he was there for a job interview. I said, oh, great. You know, you know, talking to him about it. And he's like, I want to be honest, man. I went to dispensary like right before I got here and I had a bunch of edibles and I'm feeling real weird. (laughs) And I was like, okay, man. And so then she comes back, (laughs) she comes back and uh, we land and we're like taxiing and we're talking. All three of us are talking now. It's a big, happy group. And uh, she says something. This is a penthouse letter. Yes. She says something about, a uh, an animated an animated gif and i just said it's gif oh god and she's like what and i was like well it's it's gif this is all on brand for me too yeah, i mean it is but odd. why just let it go <laughs> so hold on so then i i tell her and she's like oh i didn't know that she's like so it's gif and i was like no no it's gif and she goes okay so now the incel next to me <laughs> he goes he goes yeah you know that hit movie, Jardians of the Galaxy? And she kind of laughs oh, about that. She goes, man. oh, okay. You know, so it's it, it's GIF. And I was like, that's right, it's GIF. She goes, it's it's GIF. And I was like, no, GIF. And then he goes, why don't you jugle it? And then she just stares right at him and goes, whoa, dude, that's not cool. <laughs> you don't even You don't even know me. It got real serious, and he was just like, oh, "I I don't know what I did." And then she just got off the plane and stormed off. <laughs> <laughs> did she? And that she, guy she didn't know what happened. <laughs> did Did she? Was she Jewish? And he thought it was like a crack on her. I don't know. I don't think she used. I don't it's, know. Listen, man, I have no idea. Those two well, now you know what it's like. Now you know what it would have been like to be on tour with Crosby, Stills, and Nash. That experience, <laughs> <laughs> just drugs and booze everywhere. I like how you picked a, a nerd fight with two people who are very inebriated on the plane. Yes. Oh man, it was it was amazing. But she was I mean, I've never seen someone so terrified of flying. Anyways, that's my story. That was a long one. Apologies, listeners. Well, I don't really have any plane stories. None that are anywhere nearly as good as that. Duff, did you once didn't you once uh have some personal time in a bathroom at a, on a plane? <laughs> <laughs> How dare, how dare yeah, you? Yeah, tell that story to our, our listeners. How, shut shut Rob's mic off. <laughs> Wait, you don't want to tell us about the time you masturbated yeah. on a plane? Ex- ecstasy I, at 20,000 feet? I'm, <laughs> I'm cutting all of this. An, an or, he had an orgasm. <laughs> he was gurking off. Forgot, forgot. I told you guys about that. 
I remember it because I thought in my head if there was ever a movie made about you, I would have carry on my wayward son playing as you walked down the aisle to go to the bathroom (laughs) he was just as sweaty as john lithgow in the bathroom (laughs) that's a good segue (laughs) for us us to talk about anything else (laughs) um okay yeah let's let's transition let's talk about twilight zone the movie now i'd also never seen this so once again things i don't know um, but let's. You weren't we really t- missing a lot with this. No, one. <laughs> but let, I think there's. I think this movie's incredibly interesting for a lot of reasons. But before we even jump into this segment, let's talk about how did this movie happen? What happened here? What like it's uh, it's it's kind of a. I actually think it's a fantastic idea with a lot of talent. Yeah, it's some baby boomers got bored. Yes. <laughs> And just said, hey, I liked the Twilight Zone. Let's all kind of recreate an episode of the Twilight Zone and make it a movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what they did. I mean, and, and, like, so I was thinking about this. You know, this movie came out in 1983. And I'm thinking, like, if I was, I don't know, even my age now, 1983. Isn't that when you came out, too? Yeah, this is when <laughs> I came out. Um <laughs> I can I can only imagine if you're like, all right, <clears throat> here's a deal. There's a new movie being made. Cool. Uh, what is it? It's going to be like a remake of some Twilight Zone stuff. And I'd be like, oh, my God, that's awesome. Like, who's doing it? Four people. We're going to have John Landis, who has just done Animal House, Werewolf in London, Blues Brothers. And I'm going to be like, oh, yeah. This is probably the peak of his career. Absolute peak. Uh, Spielberg, Jaws, Close Encounters, E.T., Raiders. Like, come on. Yeah, like, that's the the peak of peaks. I would argue, uh, even George Miller. You know, you might have seen Mad Max before, so you'd be excited about that. And then Joe Dante, I guess, has only seen The Howling, but still, this is amazing. For, I would have been so hyped about it. Four fanboy favorites of 1983. Yeah, and they came together and made some real mediocre stuff. <laughs> Just a hodgepodge of things going on. Uh, so each one does one segment, and and we're not gonna we're not gonna dive into to all the segments. Uh, let's start with the one that was a remake of this, and we'll we can jump to the a uh, topic. I know it's near and dear to Duff's heart, but let's start with uh, let's start with the uh, Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet uh, remake. George Miller directed it, who obviously is known for Mad Max and uh, uh, one of my son's favorite movies, Happy Feet, and Babe. <laughs> And babe, what a weird film! I believe he did Lorenzo's Oil. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. strange. Um, yeah. So, uh, a, a few, a, actually, I would say quite a few differences between between this and the the TV one. Uh, there's no wife. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. It's about, it's about that guy anxiety. you met on the plane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's about flight anxiety, uh, which I actually think works better than this, like, oh, six months ago you had a... Unlike not recognizing William Shatner, I absolutely recognize John Lithgow right away, guys, uh, who's very good in this, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. And much better than William Shatner. Oh, yeah. Has he ever not been good in something? Like, he's a he's a pretty great actor. I, he's awesome. And he's got some range, too. Very underrated. I think he's going to be one of those people when... Hopefully not for a while. He kind of shuffles off this mortal coil. We're going to realize, like, 
wow, he was great. Like yeah. everything he's in. And like Joe said, he has he has so much range. He obviously can do funny, he can do panicked, but uh I think the first time I ever saw anything with him was when he's the bad guy in Cliffhanger and he's just okay. chewing <laughs> the scenery. He's awesome in that movie. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a bad he's guy in that really Brian De Palma movie too. Blowout, right? Yeah. Yes. He's a bad guy yeah. in Blowout. Like he's actually like I I think he's really funny, but being a, the villain is maybe what he's best at, but it's probably the thing he's done the least, right? I think early his career he was villain odd. He was also a villain in a season of Dexter, wasn't he? Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. God, that show That was sucks. actually pretty good. That show sucked, but he was that was fun when he was the bad guy. Uh, the, the world's bad. dumbest detectives. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um so yeah, and there's some other like interesting side characters in the show. In the in this uh we have this this obnoxious little girl who has a ginger ventriloquist doll. <laughs> yeah. And yep. is constantly taking Alfred pictures Hitchcock of the is the FAA security guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh but a little a few other differences is when he freaks out about it everyone actually looks with him. Yes. Like it's not like everyone's sort of like oh my god what's on the wing but no one seems to see what's on the wing. That's here true either. Which is Yeah, it's scurries away. Interesting. Um it's a much scarier gremlin. It is a terrifying non-teddy bear gremlin. Yes, this is here. Did your, you guys look up who played the gremlin? No, who uh, was it? It's uh, Leon from Deadwood. Ah, not a major character from Deadwood. He's like the opiate uh, opium addict that um, that uh, Powers Booth uh, get hires to dig up information on him and stuff. I think. Otherwise, I would say things kind of kind of you know progress as as they, as they did during the original. Yeah, uh, same same plot elements um, um there is this this is what closes the movie and uh there is an intro to the movie the twilight zone movie uh with oddly enough dan Aykroyd and james brooks albert brooks. james brooks albert brooks <laughs> james brooks james, albert brooks james brooks is the tv producer yes albert brooks damn it yes you are correct um and that's actually kind of fun. Did you think it was fun, Joe? The beginning? Yeah. The book ending. Uh, oh, uh, the way it closed is kind of cool, I guess, the callback. But uh, I thought it was um, John Landis just letting his friends like sing in a car for eight minutes and making me bored. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I, it's I, better I than what's happened in the next like 80 minutes of the movie if you kept watching. Yeah, I guess, but... Uh yeah so where were we so let's talk yeah Duff you wanted to talk about this yeah you wanted so us to I'm watch I'm curious what you guys think of of just the Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet segment not not the book ending uh, intro outro I I thought it was uh, good. I thought it was good yeah, yeah I think George really Miller good. does good stuff yeah it's it's uh well edited and well directed and. I, th- I think it's cool. I, I love uh, uh, the design of the creature. I think it's really good too. And like those shots when the lightning flashes and it's just like tearing yeah. stuff up on that engine. I, I was I was enjoying it very much. Yeah, and, 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 and I, think, I always um, love John Lithgow. As you know, I don't want to belabor that point, but you yeah. know what I was thinking while I was watching it though. As great as John Lithgow is, you know who I thought would have been even better? Gene Wilder. 
I don't know why that popped into my head, but I was just sitting there watching. as like, gosh, Gene Wilder would be so good in this in this role. Not that John Lithgow's great, but I could see that because Gene Wilder was good at being frantic. Yeah, yeah like the producers, Gene Wilder would be would be yeah. perfect. Yeah, I I'm a huge fan of this segment. Um, just again, like, is this is this the sweatiest performance you've ever seen in a movie? <laughs> Um, well, we did. We spent a long time talking about Val Kilmer in Tombstone. So <laughs> yes, um, I'll, I'll say this is one of the rare instances in general, but also in this movie. I think I like this better than the original episode. Lithgow just takes Shatner and <laughs> throws him up around and tosses him overboard. Like yeah, Lithgow outacts the hell of out of this thing yeah lithgow is to shatner as the paddington gremlin is to the gremlin in here <laughs> or the other I way mean, he's totally That's... totally committed um yeah. and like when he gets calmed down by the flight attendant like his eyes are just like so vulnerable uh yeah it, it he just seems, seems likable so real she likes him yeah. you know like she yeah. even says at the end like i you know i knew he was scared but i didn't think he was crazy yeah so lithgow is great the the gremlin is a big step up and i think George Miller does a great job of filming in a really tight space and making it just feel claustrophobic and terrifying. Did you? So, which one had you seen first? The the show? Well, the first one was The Simpsons, and okay. so that's what kind of taught me the outline. And then I think I saw this was on cable a lot back in the day, and I think I saw. I'm pretty sure I saw the movie version first. Does, do we have anything else on Nightmare at 20,000 feet? Because um, otherwise, like, I think there's another segment of the Twilight Zone movie that we probably need to talk about. Okay. May I ask you guys a question? Yes. Would you have opened the window again after the first time he freaked out? Or would you have convinced no. yourself like that you didn't actually see it? I would have convinced okay. myself. This goes back to what we talked to about an open water. I'm not looking in that water. I'm not, I'm not opening that window. What am I going to do about right. that? Yeah. Uh, okay. I would like to tell myself that I wouldn't open it again, but I have uh, poor impulse control and mild ADD, uh, so I, I think I would give in and do it. What would you do, Joe? Um, yeah, I'd look for sure. I think I don't think I'd be able to. to not, I I don't think I'd be able to restrain myself. I I would look. Yeah. I could restrain myself from that, but if someone's like. Here's a here's a <laughs> here's some pills. Here's someone naked. I'd be like, I'm gonna look. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah. So okay. <laughs> if it was two people having sex on the wing, I'd uh, look. And, and the the pilot was like, Listen, um, I know you think you see two people having sex on that wing, but we have to keep the windows closed or this plane might crash. <laughs> you would open the window still. Sure. I would open the window. Yeah. I would open the window. I would want to. I I I just. Uh, that that that's the part where I'm like, I mean, I'm too curious. Like, I see what's going on on that wing. <laughs> oh, so uh, Twilight Zone the movie is known for something else a little more. Is that than this segment? It's fair to say manslaughter. <laughs> Actually, it should be murder, though, in my mind. Uh, it, it's both, I think. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. So if you if you don't know the the first segment of this movie is a segment called uh, Time Out. So this is directed by John Landis, which we, I had mentioned was 
height of his career. And uh, the actual concept behind the uh, the episode's solid, uh, you know, but that doesn't that's not really important. What's important is due to the choices that John Landis made. Uh, not only did the star of that segment, Vic Morrow, die, but so did two little kids in a helicopter accident. Duff, do you want to kind of uh, dig into this more about the yeah, details? Yeah, so the, there was going to be a segment, uh, it, kind of a Vietnam flashback, and uh, Vic Morrow, he was the star of this segment, and there was going to be a bit with him uh, I believe he was going to rescue two who are supposed to be Vietnamese children, and they were supposed to be running through uh, a rice paddy or a river or something. And there's a helicopter mm-hmm. uh, that's going to shoot at them or follow them. And so uh, John Landis, I think I think they were going into the, I think they were going to go into the helicopter, and the helicopter was going to be flying away with explosions. I think. Yeah, there there was. Some type of explosion. Yes. Um, so John Landis violated labor laws. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. A six and seven year old child. Yeah. Uh, lied to their parents or mm-hmm. lied by omission and that he did not tell them that there would be stunts involving explosions and moving machinery. Helicopters. Yep. It's insane uh, that he didn't go to jail. It's crazy. And uh, uh, then... Not only that, uh, filmed this at, I believe, 11 o'clock at night or in the middle yep. of the night. Also illegal uh, for night, children yeah. to work at night. Yes. Yeah, so yep. they're they're also violating uh, grown-up labor laws, <laughs> not just child labor. So they're in violation of the union as well as many California child endangerment laws. They hid the kids. They hid the kids from other people who were on the set because they didn't want them to know that the kids were there because they knew they weren't supposed to be there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the the kids and their families were paid under the table, so mm-hmm. there's no paper trail. <laughs> so j- uh, just so ca- you know, ca- I want your kids to be in this film, but I know it's tradition to receive paychecks for this kind of thing. We do things a little differently around here. <laughs> We fill envelopes with cash and hand, and hand them out, deliver them straight to your home. That's just how we in do this, things here in my, my, my world. And this is what makes it even worse to me. It's bad either way. But the fact that this isn't like, this isn't a movie done on the cheap. This is like, yeah, full, Steven like Spielberg two, is involved. Yeah, yeah Steven this, Spielberg and John Lennis are two of the biggest name directors making movies in Hollywood working on this project with the twilight zone license like there's no reason to cut corners yeah uh unforgivable yeah uh something goes wrong and there's (laughs) an explosion uh vic morrow is decapitated by a helicopter blade on film it's filmed yeah i mean three different angles that's a real shame is they didn't even use any of the shots in the movie. <laughs> they cut that second yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> God. Wow, the special effects are amazing. The two child actors were uh, just killed. One was decapitated uh, along uh, with was Vic. One, oh, Jesus. Uh, one was decapitated along with Vic Morrow, and the other one, I believe, like the the helicopter. Like, just incinerated or crashed into or something. Uh, one of the struts of it, yeah, crushed him to death. Yeah. So, uh... Old John Landis and the other people involved uh, were brought to trial, 
it was a very long sordid affair it's like 10 years yeah uh, it, yeah um the only good thing that came out of it was that uh hollywood adopted much stricter safety laws and i read somewhere that by the end of the 80s when they were enacted that accidents had gone down 65 percent yeah uh so yeah this was a uh, one of the bigger moments actually and especially for behind the scenes people they start because quite frankly i think up until this point it was just like ah, oh, just give that director a bunch of gunpowder see what happens and this was the first time like they kind of did studies and did scientific research about how to do explosions the only other good thing that came out of this is steven spielberg stopped being friends with john landis yeah uh steven spielberg felt pretty bad steven spielberg was the producer of the movie but he was not involved with this segment yeah yeah he did so he did not know that john landis was paying some uh immigrants under the table (laughs) uh i do believe they were immigrants weren't they awful yeah i think so so when you think of like you know like after the family the family i believe part of the exploitation was that they didn't i don't think english was their native language no it was not it was not. cool um it's awful and like john landis like went on to make like into the night and three amigos and coming to blues, america blues brothers 2000 <laughs> well yes but i mean like like nothing nothing his career didn't even no like, he, uh, I, he i think trading places came out before this but was filmed after so like oh. it, like a, he, he directed a huge hit like right after yeah. this, yeah. Dan Aykroyd yeah. was just like, "Cool, I'll work with you again." Yeah, yeah. Ugh, man, awful. Yeah. So I will say, yeah, Spielberg, you know, he wasn't gonna put up with that. So yeah, I, I give him credit on that. Yeah, but yeah, uh, John Landis got off scot free. I believe some of the other people suffered harsher penalties. John Landis, and then every time he does an interview, he just complains about I couldn't make it today, and I couldn't make the stuff I wanted to, and they they cut off my balls, and how great things used to be, and you know, oh, I can't can't take a joke anymore, and just every interview he comes off as so cranky. It's like you should be rotting in a jail cell for yeah. the rest of your life. Um, I know. And I say um, this as someone who loves the Blues Brothers movie and Trading Places. Uh, yeah, I think the yeah. the most the most damning part of this is well, the associate producer told the children's parents not to tell any firefighters on set that the children were part of the scene and hid them from a fire safety officer who also worked as a welfare worker. <sighs> I mean, like this is, this is outright like, this is a contender for most despicable Hollywood story ever. Yeah. And it's, it's not, it's not known or, or talked about as much as it should be. No, it's because no one, no one suffered any consequences, so they just don't talk about it. If you love to do crimes, is there any better place to work than Hollywood? <laughs> like maybe Wall Street is the only place where where you could do more crimes and nothing happens to you. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, I, I'm all I'm all triggered all over again about this. That that like Landis's career like literally suffered zero percent from this. Yeah, like. Just making bad movies is kind of what ended his career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, Twilight Zone. Um, here's a question for you. I was thinking about if they were to do this again without anyone being killed, um, <laughs> would you be interested? Uh, yeah. 
uh, I was. Uh, you saw who's re- playing this role in the remake, right? That's coming out. Oh, there is a remake coming yes, out. Yes, but uh, let's see. Uh, Rob, did you have a question about who would you cast? Uh, no, my question was, if you were to choose four directors oh. to do it now, who would you choose? Oh, that's a good one. Um, um, well, I my main man, Guillermo. Guillermo I yeah, Guillermo del Toro, that. for sure. That's, who I was, that's the first person that popped in my head, too. Um, Probably because he actually has an anthology horror series coming out. He's doing yeah, the which, scary stories to tell in the dark, which looks very good. You know, you know uh, who I'd like to bring in to do it, Peter Jackson. Just let Peter Jackson okay. just let lighten up a little bit and just do something short and uh, and fun. I'd like I'd like to bring in Peter Jackson. I was thinking Alex Garland would be one of mine. I would like to uh, see pick. the Co- the Coens. I think they could have a great time Oh, yeah, good answer. That. Yeah, that'd be an interesting one. My boring answer is Christopher Nolan, but I actually yeah. would think it would be good. I think that's like the right the right sort yeah. of style for it. I feel like his Nightmare at 20,000 Feet would be very intense and similar to the uh, uh, George Miller one. The other guy who I know his new movie coming out is inspired at least by The Twilight Zone, but Jordan Peele. Yeah, and well, he is doing that, uh, doing the Twilight Zone remake or reboot. I think. Yeah, that's going to be on that CBS streaming thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, some, okay. And so some, a show. Okay. So some episodes are going to be brand new stories, and some are going to be remakes. Um, but they are remaking uh, Nightmare at Twenty Thousand Feet. And oh, uh, Joe. So you remember who they they picked a star? It's uh, Adam Scott from uh, Parks and Rec, Step Brothers. Uh, huh. I don't. One of my favorite shows ever, Party Down. I think <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a I think that's one. a I think that's a bad choice. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah. I don't yeah. I'm giving it a thumbs down. Uh can Ooh. I just say that uh hey, great move, CBS, on taking the one thing that uh young cool people with money might watch and putting on your dumb streaming network, but uh Blue Bloods can have twelve <laughs> seasons or whatever. Uh <laughs> after CSI Miami season 18 or something. Good luck with all those baby boomers who are just dying. Hope you get a lot of money from catheter ads. <laughs> catheter ads! <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, do you have anything else on uh, on this uh, on Twilight Zone? No. Nope. What are we going to talk about next? Uh, our next movie The is, Greatest Fear was- of All. <laughs> the podcaster's curse. <laughs> uh, Duff chose Twilight Zone. Uh, to my choice next week, we are going with Forty-Year-Old uh, Virgin, which is cheating a little bit on this uh, on this theme. But I think you know, fear of not having sex, or or just the fe- or the fear, the fear of, of sex, or the fear of sex, which I was going to say is, is more what that is. Um, so yeah, I think most people have seen that movie, and I'm actually really interested in seeing. It's been a while since I rewatched it, but like, how does that movie age? Listeners, you should join our our. If you want to be part of the discussion, you could join our Facebook group at afreepodcast.com slash freeloaders. You can rate and review us on iTunes. That's great. We've got five star reviews so far. Keep them coming. Uh, and uh, 
I don't know. We have a website at afreepodcast.com where we have all our other episodes. Uh, any things that we mention, links and such, you can go to. We'll, we'll have a link about the uh, the awful incident that happened on the, the set of Twilight Zone movie. All right. We're out.